Greetings, my name is James Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. And people, you remember, this is a lovely weekend. Um, it's Monday. I open on Friday for Dreamgirls, so I hope you got your tickets for that because it's going to be a stellar show with a stellar cast directed by a stellar man who happens to be my fiance, Trayville Maurice. So everyone remember this is a safe space and outlet for myself and others to express what's going on in our lives and our world. Here, you get to see what's going on behind the mind of the creative versus what you see and what you think. Because what you see ain't always the truth. You think you know somebody, but you don't really know them. All right? Here we get to learn, laugh, love, and share together. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have been very, very lucky and blessed to be able to interview three members of the Green Dynasty, with today being the second oldest of the second dynasty, Mr. Paul Green. What's going on? I'm pretty good. I was very excited when Josh told me you wanted to be on the podcast. I texted him three times. I said, send me his number. Send me his number. Because I have been taking it very seriously because I want my own show. So I'm like, all right, I got to get this, these things done. Just I was start. like, I'm going to send them out this email if this is what we want to do. I'm going to text them in the morning and make sure it's good again because I know with being tired and having to travel, I could be like, I was supposed to do my friend Sheldon's yesterday, and he got out of church, and his mom wanted to go to dinner. I was like, well, you got to go to dinner with mom. We'll get this done at another time. But I, So I understand that. And if you was tired, I was going to sleep right in, too, myself. I was going to be like, y'all, go ahead. I didn't know if y'all stayed up late last night and had a good time. Uh, yeah, we tried to. I had to, uh, had to uh, check, on my, check on my baby. My, my daughter got sick, but to, we're actually getting ready to get back on the road to go to head to Atlanta right now. Oh, how long is that drive? 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Straight? Y'all go straight? Try to, yeah. Like, do you, we do you like, drive the whole way? Stop over. Yeah, sometimes I drive the whole way. Sometimes my wife helped. You no, know, like sometimes it's been times I've come up here like straight from work, and you know just Ooh, drove up here. That is. I, had to do. I have a cousin who lives down there who used to drive his motorcycle up here. Wow. He loves it. He loves his bikes. He's my mom's age, but he loves his bikes and he would drive his motorcycle up here. I'm like, bro, couldn't be me. Need to relax my feet or something. Yeah. I need to put my legs up, you know, throw my head back, throw my yeah, seat back or something. I mean, I like I like flying too, but like last couple of times I flew out here, I so myself like, oh, I can't, I gotta drive. Oh, what happened? I gotta drive. Well, one time we, well, 2011 we came up here because we had an event. We had Green Dynasty weekend up here. That's the last time I saw y'all perform together. Yeah. Which is ago. so funny. That is so. And, you know, we had a had you know released the mixtape and everything. And I can't. We we had a layover in Chicago, I think, and like stuff got stolen out of our luggage. Like they you know stole some of my wife's jewelry, stole a couple of my watches, which you know I should have had them in my carry on anyway. But pastel. Yeah, and and it's like you try to you try to you know get in touch with people. Certain things like they don't answer the phone, all that type of stuff. So you, you kind of got to put, you know, got to put big lawyers on them sometimes. So, but, right, and nobody's trying to pay for all of that either. Lesson learned, you know. Right, I I don't fly that much, but when I do, my friends who fly often, they're always like, "You need to put um," because we went to Vegas and we came back with um, you know, yeah. um, stuff. So they're like, 
put that on your carry-on because people do go through y'all um your luggage i was mm -hmm. like for real they out here oh, stealing yeah, at the airport you would think it was a good enough job to where you didn't have to steal oh yeah they go through the luggage but you know people still they act like they know who they got do. money you know it's, you don't have to be mm -hmm. poor to steal I, one thing i i have to say i was watching the dave Chappelle. Um, stand-up thing and it's sticks and stones. I'm gonna have to watch it again. It was so good mm -hmm. and we'll get into that a little later But one thing he was talking about was he told his father. He said dad. I hate being poor I can't stand being poor his dad says son You are not poor poor is a mentality you are broke <laughs> I said it was in between blessings. I know I know it was such a good Lesson for me just listening to that first of all, I just want to say um, Dave Chappelle was always like this super super funny guy and I didn't take him super serious Growing up watching him in movies because of his characters. So then when the Chappelle came on Chappelle show came on It wasn't out that long. We talk about it and it was a very big moment in pop culture But it didn't last that long, but it seems like it, it was on forever, but that's how much we loved it So when he came back and started doing stand-up comedy and I started watching them I'm like it just made me see him in a completely different light and I also think he he's one of the greatest comedians I've ever watched. Oh, yeah and, ever and people don't understand like he was gone for that time because he you know They wanted they wanted him to you know, there was compromises they wanted him to do. I think they wanted to Kevin Hart him. They did. They wanted to mainstream him. And, and, that's and, not for and, everyone. And it was going, and it was going you know, kind of cost him his, you know, the integrity that he had. And I'm glad he, he, he also spoke about um, what he was allowed to say on TV and not allowed to say on TV. Mm. And how often he was in that office. <laughs> you mm. got to watch it. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's the Netflix. Right. And I'm glad that Netflix is still around. I remember when Netflix was like first came out. I never, I was like, what is this stupid thing? Like I have cable. I don't need to watch this. It's all I watch now. I, I don't, I barely watch cable. I just watch my live TV shows, sports. They just, they just replaced the video store, rental video store. That's all it is. I know. I, I'm surprised it's still a family video. It is. It is. And it's still all over Ohio too. Mm -hmm. Cause you still have people who they had them in Oklahoma too. don't use technology. And they're like, I'm going to the video store. Yeah. I know I still got a, a fee. A, I got late fees for my card on Trey's card. I used <laughs> to just, I'm like, wow, I'm sitting there looking at this DVD five days past the day. And I just don't want to take it back. I'm like, I should have never got this thing. And it, I'm literally two two minutes down the street from a family video. I will have something so forever. Looking at it like, I know I got to take this back. I'm like, I'm going to take it back tomorrow. Then at 11 o'clock the no, next I'm night, sure. I'm like, damn, they closed now. Mm. But I would, like I said, my late fees used to get up to like $50. And they were like, yeah. do you want to put anything on it? I'm like, a dollar. A dollar. And they still let you rent stuff. Yeah. And it's not going to collections. So. Running tab on you. Right. So I'm, I'm not mad about it. So how was it performing with your siblings yesterday? Oh, it was great. Anytime I get to do, you know, do anything with my siblings, it's always wonderful. Because they're like, you know, they, they, right. like, they're so... Talented and it's like like we get together crazy talented. Stuff. It's like it's almost It's almost weird just how effortless it is like how natural it feels because like we we literally rehearsed We went to get Ebony from the airport me Josh and Ebony were rehearsing in the car <laughs> We like 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 the rehearsals was like it was like one rehearsal real short We was like okay, we're gonna do these songs and it just you know It's just when I did it because we so used to 
Right. You know, doing it like, like I've been. That's you know, something rapping. you can't buy with people or with groups, you know? Yeah. Cause like, and, and when you got, it's just one of the things, like when you got that gift, it's hard to put the, like you got to learn how to put the work ethic behind it because it's people that are crazy talented, but because they're crazy talented, they don't put the necessary work in. Right. And hard work be, outworks talent. Right. We successful. see it all the time. But you guys are people that's not that talented and they grind and pass you up. Listen, one of the hardest bars Cardi B dropped, and it made me be a fan. She said, drop two mixtapes in six months. Which chick working as hard as me? I said, you know what? Mm -hmm. Right. Who is? That, that is a lot of work. That's, that's what Green Dynasty did. And one thing your mom said on her own podcast, um, on her episode, she's like, I'm not going to force my kids to do anything. But you sing in the choir because y'all can sing. She said, you're going to sing in the choir because y'all can sing and it'll yeah. make no sense. Yeah, I ain't going to make you do nothing else. She's where, like, the, the, the prefix multi, it actually come, it comes from her and my dad. Like, she's phenomenal singer, songwriter, playwright, vocal coach, dance coach. She does it all. Uh, uh, preacher. She, like, she does everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was very nice being able to sit and speak with her. And I told her, I was like, with my friend's parents, I treat them like my parents. So I'm like afraid of y'all. And you're not like real people to me. You're a parent. Mm -hmm. And it took me until I was in my early 20s to understand that my parents are just people. Yeah. So instead of them being mom and dad, I was like, you know what? Sam and Carla did the best they could do. Yeah. And I... It's, it was just a yeah. process of growing up. And I, so when people say your brain isn't fully developed until, until 25, that's legit. I, and I'm 28 now, but I, can believe, I, can believe that. I definitely was able to get to know her. I told her, I said, I want to get to know Karen Clark. Mm -hmm. I said, who was Miss Clark before she became the green, the, you know, the mother of the Green Dynasty? Mm -hmm. And it was so much fun. I learned so much. I just, a lot of times I was just sitting there staring at her, just like, seeing all of this stuff in my mind because she grew up in such a different time. Yeah. And then she had four kids and she was telling me, she was like, I came back, we had said we was going to get married and three months later, I was pregnant with Mikey. I said, right after that I got married, but again, um, Josh has been one of my best friends for years. Yeah. And in 2011 when you guys performed, I had just started doing theater. Mm. So I was so excited. I was there. I was young. I was like, Green Dynasty, Green Dynasty. I was, <laughs> it was so much fun. And mm. It's so funny. Like, that's the last time I saw y'all perform yeah. together. And I know you guys have gotten together. And, and now it was so dope because, like, we hadn't, I moved away in 2006. And my brother moved away, like, way before that. So for us to be able to even come back and and you know do something in the city and they pack it out like they did, oh it was, it was like loaded. Lemon Grove was packed out, BNO was packed because it was a three day event. So both you know both venues was packed out. It was like it was just you know it was just love. And I think the picture still comes around in my um memories on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I seen I seen one of them because it was it was. Around like eight years ago, this like around this weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, the um, y'all style was definitely a lot different back then. Oh yeah, like a lot different. Y'all were completely different people. That. You you weren't even a dad yet, were you? Back then, not yet. Not yet. Like no, you guys no. were just completely different people. We were trying because actually, because back in I want to say 2010, they actually told me and my wife that we couldn't have children. Really? Yeah. So like. And that's for anybody listening out there. Like, if God said you're going to have some kids, that's it. Right. That's the end of discussion. Get a second happen. opinion and keep trying. It's going to happen. Keep trying, baby. So keep making that love out there. For we had, you know, you know, 
multiple miscarriages and you know like and it, it can make you it can get you really discouraged at one point but you just got to keep you know just got to keep having that faith that it's going to happen you know, I'm glad you brought that up. It brings me to ask a question I wasn't planning on asking, but I've been talking about a lot. Um, I've expressed my jealousy of women and be them being able to carry children, and it has nothing to do with my sexuality. It's the jealousy of being a, a, a parent who can relate to knowing everything about like your child or just the fact that a, ch a child is growing inside the body. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I wish I could carry my own child and feed them like the fact that the mom could produce milk to feed the kid like they don't need anything else but her body I'm like I'm a little jealous I'm a little jealous of that it's a I feel like it's a connection like I could never know as well as them because of the procedure they went through for the child to get here but when it comes to being a dad I never I don't often think about the dad's feelings so when a mom when a, when a woman has a miscarriage I'm like okay her body was already starting to change. Women are already groomed to basically be moms from childhood, unlike my opinion of like boys who are like groomed to be dads. Mm -hmm. It's not like something um, most of us are um, like, oh, I can't wait to be a dad. But young girls, little girls walk around with baby dolls. They look forward to being moms for a, a lot of part of their lives. And when I was young, when girls would have miscarriages, I was just like, I didn't think it about pain. I didn't know it was a physical, pain or mental pain that they were going through. Then getting older and, and learning more about it, I was like, oh, so they are basically a mom already. They're already mentally in their minds prepared to be a mom. This child is coming. This child is in their mind. This child is here already. It just hasn't been birthed. And then the physical pain. So what was it as, what were you feeling as a dad to, or as a man to feel like, hey, the excitement of, getting ready to have a baby and then them telling you like well the the baby has passed yeah i mean well, it's a lot of things it's, you know self-doubt you know you know thinking about your wife and how she feels and because she my wife she loves kids like she was that she was that auntie that had everybody's uh -huh. everybody's kids so she you know she loves kids and you know always you know wanted some of her own but it's like you think it's like you think about a lot of things like we go because and even with that that like that's not even you can you can apply that to so many other areas of life too, not just kids. My wife actually wrote a book called "A Child is Childless Mother No More," and it's you know about the journey through you know barrenness and things like that, and like it it lays all the emotions out completely in detail about you know what she was you know feeling during that time, and like even as a, even as a man, like I was just you know just feeling like okay like is it my fault or is you know what's you know what's going oh. on like we and we had we had people tell us all type of crazy stuff like why it didn't happen and then, that's why you gotta have you know you gotta have your your like your circle gotta be tight sometimes sometimes your circle gotta be a cheerio because like say. any any people speaking negative or anything like that like like they can't be like if you 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 are just always negative like I can't have you in the space. Right now, because like we got so much that we trying to accomplish, like all the you know, like negativity and all of that, like we can't can't do it. No, I definitely agree. And I was um, speaking with another, um, you know, Alex. Do you know Alex Hines? Oh yeah, that's a little uh, bro right, right there. Right, you know Alex. And I was talking to him about um, he just had twins, mm -hmm. and we were speaking about um, rights, even with. Um, uh, uh, children, it's like, again, if you hold the child, you get more 
most of the rights for the child. So, and it's, it's like, I'm like, I kind of understand, you know, they did, their bodies were out of commission. And the older I got, I've, one, I was a mama's boy. So I always had a, like a huge love for women and respect for mom, mama's boy, grandma's boy. So my big sister was my hero. I didn't, like my big brother was a, a year older than me. So we basically were the same age. I had a big sister, seven years older than me. So mm. she was my hero. She taught me a lot of the things. My personality is a lot like hers. She sings and dance. She was very creative. So I learned a lot of that from her. So I've always had this huge love and respect for women. And then when you add um, children into that for them, I had to realize, I realized one day, I was like, well, you know, women are the only way we can get here. And as a whole, we treat them pretty, pretty terrible across the boards. I mean, across con yeah. the world, religions. I'm like, women have been getting like the short end of the sick for millennia. I was, I was simply for millennia. Respect, and it's like you wouldn't treat you like you wouldn't treat you know your mother or your sister or your spouse like that. So I mean, why, you know. And that's how I, I treat my female friends. That's why I told your mom. I said, I look at you like as a, as a mom, so I'm going to react to you as such. Like, when you say do something, I'm getting up to, I'm going to get up to do it. <laughs> and no, you right. did not birth me, but that's just how I, I was taught to move. But um, how long have you all been married? We've married 14 years. 14 years. Been together 17. Wow. And I know people are like, oh, 17 years. But for me, I'm engaged. And I've only been in a relationship with Trey because my dad was in a, he was married to my mom and then they got divorced and then he was married to my stepmom and they got divorced. So for me, I was like, oh no, I don't, relationships, I, don't wanna do it. I wasn't doing it because they were both married. He was married twice for about seven, eight years. I was like, who gets married to get divorced? I was like, is love just not what I think it is? Um, because again, I wasn't thinking about all the work you had to do. Yeah, you, you, you like a lot of times you're not gonna end up with the, you know, you're gonna end up with the person you need. Right. They're gonna, they gonna have the qualities that you want as well, but you're gonna end up with the person you need that is gonna help you get to where you need to go. I couldn't even tell you all the ways Trey helped me become a better person. I'm like, I, I've been able to just believe in myself more. Like when I met Trey, Trey's 22, mm. and I'm six and a half years older than him. My baby brother is 22. So when I met Trey, I was like, boy, if you don't get out my face uh, out here, you barely graduated. You get. So I was just like, get out my face. I don't have time for this. And it's not like I was just out here trying to run the streets. I just, he was young. And I didn't want to be in a relationship with anyone unless I felt like I was in love. I was like, I don't have time to play around for anything because... I've been through a divorce. And people always think, they're like, oh, you've been married? I was like, well, my, my family got divorced. I, I take it as a divorce for myself, too, because I had a stepmom, a stepbrother, and we got torn apart. And it was tumultuous for all of us. And I advise therapy for anyone who has to go through that. I had a, a set of friends when their parents got divorced. Everyone's life like kind of spiraled down for some years before they were able. They're all doing a lot better and very well now. But their lives were completely held together by their parents' marriage. Mm -hmm. So when that dispersed, everybody just was downward spiral, was just going crazy. And for me, I felt like when my dad got divorced that their feelings meant more and they didn't really check on us 
like for me, I stopped going to school my senior year, but I went to Youngstown Early College. So mm. I was done with high school in October. So all I did was go to work and play basketball. My brother um, really went through some mental things our senior year. We didn't play basketball. We did, I didn't run track. It was just really tough for us. And I felt like um, our feelings weren't really thought about. Now, granted, it wasn't our actual relationship, but it was a family. We were in yeah. a house together. Listen, I was I was moving stuff, and my stepmom came home from work. Like, what you doing? I was like, my dad in the house. You want to go ask him? Wow. But um, yeah. and that, I can I can see that because like when you know when my father passed, like there was the the four of us. We all went through our our you know different things as well. When you know because there was some circumstances that happened where you know the case never really got solved, and you know things of that nature, and and you know somebody somebody had shot him and killed him. And you know there was a lot of things that you know, like I like I was in I was in I was at Youngstown State when it happened, and really yeah I was I, was, I always forget I wait was at Youngstown State because Josh was only third yeah Josh, when that when that oh, took place um, Ebony was a senior at Wilson and Josh was only twelve years old wow so and like I tell him all I like I've told him before like I had to kind of apologize to him because I was in the middle of you know just trying to you know find you know where I'm like the, my purpose and what I'm supposed to be at that age. Cause when you 19, 20, 21, 22, you, you know, you messing up money. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah. Just trying to, you know, just trying to find your way. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's just one of the things where like, you know, when you like, when something like ha that happened, like God's mm -hmm. going to give you what you need, as you can tell, I'm a, you know, I'm a spiritual person. You know, right. I really, you know, I, I really do believe, you know, I believe in Jesus and, I'm actually a, a worship leader at my church, uh, the Reforming Church in McDonough, Georgia, as well. And you know, we're in you know ministry and things as well. But um, like that was like about probably three, four months after that. That's when me and my wife started dating. And you know, we went on a date. And I literally, as as I after I dropped her off, I'm backing out the driveway, and I literally heard a voice real loud say, "Her." Like it was so loud, I stopped the car. <laughs> because I thought somebody was in the back seat. <laughs> so, like, I, I started driving again and heard it again, heard. And, you know, you know God, that was just God speaking to me like, that's your wife. You know, and, or your dad. Uh, mm -hmm. that and usually, and usually, like, when you hear God's voice, like, a lot of times it sounds like, you know, a fatherly voice, sound like your father's voice. So, like, he, you know, he's been trained. There's a lot of things that we went through. He was just training me just to, you know, hear his voice. Like, there was, a, like, even after, you know, my son Zachary was born, it was, you know, he, you know, basically asked me, like, you, you submit to what I have for you. And I had to, and when I said yes, he was like, move to California. We were already, we had left here in 06 and moved to Atlanta. And we were I was down there. I had a, you know, stable job. We was, you know, doing music and everything. And went to California, um, recorded, um, I, I didn't, I didn't know how long we were supposed to be out there or anything like that, but, you know, I recorded an album with my brother and, you know, around like the last two months of that time, we were actually homeless. Like there was a point in time we were you know, sleeping in our car out there. And like, even, even through that, it was just, you know, him showing me different things about myself. Like, okay, you need to stop this cut this out you need to start doing this you need to explore this area of your life more you need to you know just just rearranging different different things as, as far as my makeup but um like everything you know like i said like just like the bible say all things work together for good 
it, it really does. That means the, the time that they laughed at you and the time that they cheered for you. Yeah. It all it all works together. You know, you can you use it all for for where you're trying to go. But you no, know, from there we went to we were in like Texas for three months, then I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma for two years. And like I'm of course I started out, you know, you know, doing hip hop and things like that. I was like eleven, ten or eleven years old when I started rapping and performing out here so you were singing first i was actually rapping for well, i didn't you, really start i don't so what I'll you got to into in rap well i started well actually my uncle rapped jeff really mm -hmm. come on he rapped like he he rapped they had a um he is smooth i know he got some. <laughs> i told you like that multi that that runs in the family like he was rapping before any of us mm. you know but he him and my dad they had a group called uh word blood and power and it was kind of like a kind of like a gospel earth wind and fire but like they like this is how we got started me and mike would be upstairs my mom would put us to bed and we'd be upstairs you know clowning you know little kids ain't gonna go straight to right. sleep so we upstairs clowning joking around my mom yelling all right up there y'all better go to sleep but you hear all this bass rumbling from the basement and so that's them getting to it you know That's, that's them getting to it, you know, practicing in the basement. And uh, one day we just went down there and started messing with, you know, messing with instruments, messing with, because my dad, we had all type of recording equipment yeah. in the basement. Like Your real mom reels, actually mentioned that. Um, keyboards, drums. Like we started, I started, you know, playing drums. I, I was playing the bass at eight years old, you know, things like that, because of, Basically, because of two guys named Fred, Fred Irving, Fred Hammond. Now that sounds like a. <laughs> mm -hmm. That sounds like one of those jokes, like a pastor and a um and a, uh, a rabbi walks into a bar. Yeah. Two guys named Fred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it, I mean, it, it's it's facts though, because like you know, Fred Irving, he was the bass player for for the group. Mm -hmm. So you know, he taught me a couple of things. I used to watch him, and then one day uh, the church that I went to, because I grew, I went to uh, Mount Calvary Pentecostal Church. So like, commission was always there. Commission, Marvin Wine, like they were always there. One, it was one time they came. Fred Hammond had like this white headless bass. I had never seen one of them before. Mm. Like they singing the word. I'm nudging my brother, like, yo, look at this cat bass. That thing is cold, you know. So my dad bought me a bought me a bass when I was eight for uh, for Christmas one year. Mm. But I actually, you know, like we were doing that, and like I like around like ten or eleven, I started, you know, just started rapping. And you know, rapping different places. We had a uh, we had a group called uh, Verses. It was me, uh, my brother, and uh, Jason Walker, aka DJ Walk. He's like a, a big DJ in Cleveland now. And so um, it was just the three of us. We do you know different things around the city. You know, do different. You know, we battling, doing variety shows, and you know things like that. There was there was one variety. And how show. old were you at the time? Oh, at that time, I was like, this was like from the time I was like 11 wow. like all the way through high school. Like I, we did one, we did one variety show, talent show, and I was like 16, where we actually got approached by Atlantic Records at the end of the show and we lost. Wow. Like we didn't even, like we didn't even win the show, but a rep from Atlantic Records, you know, had, had approached us about, you know, talking to us about a deal. And, you know, my dad took the, took the business card and was like, Thank you. We'll be in touch. And then turned and looked it up and said, y'all ain't ready yet. Mm. Which, which he was right. Right. But you know, at the same, at the same time, we still had to prepare for that because there was a lot of things we still had to learn about, you know, the industry and what's involved with it. Because, you know, my dad and my uncles, they knew. 
because he he was a drummer and he played for a lot of Motown groups. He used to our our house on a Rock View down the hill. That's where we, where we grew up. We'd be in the basement. He'd tell me all these stories, like like yeah, you know James Brown danced on them steps right there. You know, say stuff. A like, lot of people came through the city, yeah, and I did. had to go and do research. Mm-hmm. Like right downtown, there were theaters that people yeah. came through. I there Cantina, was, there were they came through here. There was a venue called Reed's Arena that they that they considered like basically like the Apollo. And it was like if you didn't if you didn't kill if you didn't kill Reed's Arena, you was whack, and they was gonna let you know. Mm. Like so, everybody came through. Like they was always. Like a lot of the a lot of the musicians, like the older musicians around, it, like I call them all all my uncles, cause there's so many, like it, they they laid like the foundation for what we doing. The music I love group. that about um, arts and love period, because people can feel like family who yeah. aren't your family, mm-hmm. and then there's the people who are your family who don't feel like family. Yeah, and, like, and it's so many, it's so many of them, like just. Like even my dad's group, you had you know Pastor Ernest Walker, David Taylor, who was at at Jazz in the Park playing sax yesterday. Yeah. He was in the group. Uh, Fred, you had uh, Skip Washington, Herb McMullen. Like it was, it's so many, like so many different people, and even you know uh, Wee Wee that passed. Uh, David Page, rest in peace. Uh, Rick Ward, my first, my first major feature, like came through him. While we were in Atlanta in 06 and he was playing guitar with Arrested Development and so we went out to you know he took us out to Speech House one day he stayed out, out there in uh, Fayetteville and he had got an offer to do a remix for this Japanese rap group that was they had like the number one single in Japan they asked him to do the remix so he brought us in and what ended up happening is uh, Rick and my brother they did the, they produced they co-produced the track with speech for the remix and and I featured I was featured on the remix, so like me and I put a verse on it, speech put a verse on it, and like we had, I was on the remix to the number one single in Japan, and it's like no like I didn't even like I ain't even like broadcast it or or, or nothing like that, but um, it's like it's just one of those things. It, it was so crazy because I'm I got a picture where I'm in the booth and like Arrested Development's like platinum plaque is like right by my head. Like wow. I went over there. Went over the house. I, we, we was kind of joking with him because um, we went over. We went over there because he, you know, he paid us for the studio work and for some other studio work we did. And I went over there. We in the living room. MTV Awards sitting right there. Grammy sitting right there, like right in our face. I just asked him, like, "Can I hold this real quick? I just want to see how heavy it is." Right. <laughs> I, I would have been like, "Can I just?" Yeah, that little that little <sighs> flag on the Moon Man comes out. Right, who, who would have known that? that? Right, because yeah, how many people just walking around yeah, holding you know, hold the moon, man? Unless you work for MTV or you won one, but yeah, that thing comes out. But. I will say, um, it wasn't until, and I'm going to ask you for advice also, but it wasn't until uh, this last year and a half that um, I started to understand um, myself as a business more, and Josh has been a big influence in helping me understand theater. He used to drag me. To auditions, we we did le- legally blonde together. Mm-hmm. Josh was like, "Do you want to go to this audition with me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." I'm thinking like I was just going with him, and then after we were gonna go somewhere, he's like, "Oh no, you're gonna audition." I was like, "What?" I sang a Beyonce song. Mm-hmm. That's how much this is 2013. That's how much yeah. I didn't know theater, but um, I didn't realize all of the different jobs I could do because before I understood theater, I thought Broadway was the only thing, and then I was like, "You know what? I can do this." anywhere 
And I can be paid anywhere to do this and not just in Ohio, yeah. not just in America, but around the world. And so for you to say um, you had this hit in Japan, the number one hit in Japan, I'm like, that's yeah. work. That's still you um, achieving your goals. Because yeah. I, I, I've always thought of what my dream was and the goal for this to happen. Oh, number one hit, or be on Broadway, be in a movie. And then I started to realize, because I was so down on myself at the end of last year, I had a me and my friends had a podcast. We all fell out and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my, my year has been terrible. I've not done anything I wanted to do. And then I had to think and realize between me and Trey, we had made $3,000 at least from performing all year. Yeah. And that helped pay some bills. Now, the goal is for it to pay all the bills, but I had to realize that the accomplishments were happening. And uh, it made me relax. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I guess my year wasn't that bad. I have to be able to acknowledge the things that I'm doing now mm -hmm. to be able to achieve the things that I do want. Yeah. You got to have like a glass half full mentality when you, you know, when you're going for, you know, what you're passionate about. And because that, that was one of the, you know, one of the things like I knew I had to leave Youngstown in order to achieve some of that stuff because we were you know we were doing shows because i had because we were a part of a bigger crew called mad crew and we were actually performing all around ohio like we had opened for you know major artists like yuck mouth and you know glass <laughs> poets and you know you remember, you remember yeah. I got yes. yeah like there was you know like we it was so many so many things that took place and then also my cousins they were also in you know in hip hop as well, my my cousin had a label called Chopping Game Records. I don't know they you know he had a lot of a lot of different artists on that, and you know he got he got a this is clothing line right here, Title Chaser. Uh, my, my cousin Antonio Simmons, but um, shout out yeah shout out Title <laughs> Chaser TC Gang. Okay, but uh, yeah like it's 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 just that that drive that that you got to have like I don't care what they you know I'm getting it no matter what. That's what I decided this year. And it's, on the podcast, I was just um, testing sound for myself one day, doing an episode by myself. And I, start, I was just talking. And I was like, you know what? I just got to start making things happen for myself. I can't let or wait for anyone else to make it happen for me. Mm -hmm. And I was just testing. And I was just talking. And listening back to it, I was like, but seriously, no. I, need, I yeah. have to start making things happen for myself. And me and Trey have been in a place of where we've been wanting to be a part of helping the city grow back into that place it used to be. Yeah. And that's why we're like, we're like, should we leave now? We have like good things going for ourselves here and we want to be a part of helping things grow. And right. we were like split in the middle. Um, and now we want to leave. We just don't know what's best, like where where yeah. to go and how to even go about it. Yeah, and like for for it to really happen, the creatives just got to come together and stop like being for self, because that's one of the that's one of the reasons like I like we couldn't really like get too much going. Like I I had released the album called Blade of Gabriel back in like around the year we got married, me and my wife, and like that's basically how I ate that year, <laughs> like for the rest of that year. I had a job, but you know, it just paid the you know just paid the bills or whatever. Like the any extra money we had came from just me selling CDs, just hand to hand, and I sold a whole bunch of them. And it was like people still like when shows was coming up, still ain't getting no, still ain't getting no calls. You know, a lot of people like it's like a lot of people just wanted to 
get themselves on first instead of working with all the other artists in the city. Now, I, I do think things talent. have changed. Um, I don't know. I can't say things have changed that much because I wasn't really following like the scene before yeah. I got into it. But there, are, there's always been artists around. There's always been like that of those guys that I knew that did rap and travel to do music. But mm -hmm. once I got into it, I've seen so many more. So I will say there are a bunch of hip hop artists that often have a show wherever they invite four other, five others. Sometimes there's like mm -hmm. 10 of them and they do their shows together. Yeah. And so I really like that. And it's um, nice to see them coming together. Now, when it comes to battle rap, I don't yeah. go to battle raps because to me, I'm afraid. I'll be completely honest and say, I'm afraid because of sometimes the type of people who are there. They, I, I'm Like I said, I'm just straight up afraid that somebody's going to start shooting. There, like I said, sometimes the, the lyrics well, I've, are very I've, violent. I've been in some battles where that's actually happened. The lyrics are very violent, and I'm, I don't understand why, or I want it to be a theme or a challenge of, okay, so you need to be able to rap and not say these type of things. So yeah. I'm like, why is it always I take you outside and kill you? Like, literally, people talk about shooting the person they're rapping against. And it's all about the art. Like, like with me, personally, like I, like, I don't curse in my music, but... I battle rap though, and I was I was able to do it without you know talking about you know how I'm steal your chick or I'm gonna shoot you and all this other stuff. Like I was you know able to do it without you know without doing all that, and was still winning battles. So like and now I guess and that's, I know that's, it can that's be just done. like they they got like national leagues now. Where people do it for money. Like they set up like kind of like a you know a boxing match or whatever. Right. Put money up and all of that. And you no, know, that's just what they. That's just what they do. It's just you know some of them cast backgrounds. They just, you know, they just from the hood, and right. that's but all they see. The thing about it is, I believe them. That's why I don't want yeah. to be. I, I I believe that they will do that. Now I know they all aren't those people. I know they yeah. all wouldn't. But like I was just rapping. When yeah. they're rapping and they're saying that stuff, I'm like, you saying that with a lot of conviction. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, if you lose, are we safe? Yeah. <laughs> are we safe in here right now? I, some, I mean, some people. I don't want to believe. People, some people really get in their feelings because it's like when you when you're in a battle, like it's a dignity. Lie, lie it's pride. Anything, like people go on your social media and start trying to find stuff and, and bring it up, bring up something, pull up the memories and bring up something that you think everybody gonna laugh at you for or something like that. Right, and, and it's, they, they it's get like below the belt, everything. Like comedy, it's, it's satire is what it is. Yeah. And people need to be able to understand that and be able to move forward. But again, like, I want to be, and then me, I'm an openly gay guy, so I already don't feel comfortable in that environment. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to move forward so where I can feel comfortable in an environment where everybody looks like me. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to, one, feel uncomfortable, and I want to feel safe for more than one reason. And um, like I was saying, I have seen things like that grow, but I'm so happy they are even doing that. I'm happy that there's this annual, it's like two different leagues around here that yeah. people can go and to. Shout out, shout out to Clash Battle League, my dude Fleet Dub and, and yes. Set and the whole yes. crew. Because like that was something like, because we was, we was battling back in the day, but it wasn't organized. That's what I'm talking about. And, it's and been very went, organized and organized they're moving and got, forward. And got like a lot of dope, they got a lot of dope MCs, you know, on the, on the, Docket, they've been bringing people in from other cities and things like that to do it. That's too. Yes. So, no, I have I have been to a few. I've been to a, a, about a couple, but I don't always make it out. One because we always are working. It's either my day job or stuff like we're doing ourselves. Yeah. And there's a lot of times I feel bad that I can't go back to people's shows, and 
I don't feel like reaching out and, and giving them an excuse as to why not. I just try to make shows when I can. Mm -hmm. But I will say, as far as like us being in the arts, our audiences rarely cross. For when I started writing songs, I was always trying to write songs for people who go to clash battles. And mm -hmm. that's why I felt like none of my songs were successful. I'm like, why am I writing songs for an environment that I'm not even comfortable in or where I don't even go? It's like not my scene. I mean, you. It's a lot of people to do that. That that's what actually what makes the best songwriters. You're able you're able to adapt to any situation and write in any any situation. Like my like I've worked I just did an album called uh Magnetic, which you know, pretty much classified as a gospel album, pretty much because I'm just sharing like my experiences of right. what I you know went through on this journey and you know what you know God was showing me about it. I but just felt I've like written I've written for hip hop, pop, R and B you know, different genre of music. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, I felt like I was trying, I was trying too hard to like please this audience without pleasing myself first. So now I feel like I can rap or write to anything. And sometimes I write stuff and I'm like, I can't say this. this is, I can't be out here saying this type of stuff. This isn't for me, but I would definitely sell it to someone. And that's what I want to do. But in the beginning, I was trying to write like these hip hop songs or this, um, I'm a steal your chick or just like songs yeah. like that that wasn't me so once i was able to just be get more comfortable one with myself it helped me become a better writer and then i started making songs for myself and then it like blossomed from there and now i feel like i can write to anything and be on any, tr any track and i want to collaborate with more mm. um rappers or hip-hop artists because of like the genre of music right now there's a lot of singers and the reason i started rapping is because rappers sing all the time yeah i was like well you know what I kept looking for a rapper to collaborate with. Sound like rap. It's also oh, like trap music it is. right there. It is and to that's me. Just, that's just the vibe that's out there at the moment, you know, because it's, it's going to switch. Oh, yeah, I know. I know it's going to switch. All, it always evolves. I'm waiting for R&B to come back. Yeah. I think R&B is going to be next again. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I think R&B is going to be next. And bring it all back. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because, you know, because the 90s were just epic. Yeah. So I, I definitely think it's going to switch back. But I was looking for artists, like hip-hop artists, to, like, collaborate with. And I felt like, I was like, well, maybe no one wants to work with me because I don't have my own music. And then I came to realize they were all, um, they just all put me in a box of, well, you only do theater. I was like, well, no, I, I'm a singer. I can sing anywhere. I mean, that's my main avenue, but I can do other things. So that's what me and Trey, we started working towards putting original music out or even doing covers or just performing places so people would know so if they wanted to collaborate we could mm -hmm. but I just found that not a lot of and for whatever reason I don't know if it was I don't think it was negative they just no one reached out so I was like well you know what if nobody wants to rap with me I'm gonna rap by myself <laughs> and, and then after that that's what you gotta do like and you know people people always take notice when when it's like complete strangers supporting you I don't yes. know what that. I don't know what that's about, but it like. It's harder to give people who love me a reason to come city. and see like me. People, people, you know, be you know trying to do stuff in the city and they don't really get the support they think they're gonna get. But then when complete strangers start blowing them up, and you know, and that's when you know everybody want to jump, you know, jump on the bandwagon. Like I've had a few friends that have done like some major things, and and I watched that happen to them. Like one of them, one of them is my boy Derek Dixie. We were in Wilson Ensemble together. I've known him since he was 14. Me and his his cousin Robert played football together the whole night. And like he this dude been dope. Drums, 
everything. Like we like we were in um like he played for uh, YSU Gospel Choir when I was when I was there. We were you know he played for Final Call when I was with Final Call. And you know he but the first single I ever put out like on iTunes called Don't Turn Around. He produced it. I actually flew to Chillicothe when he was at the recording workshop. Mm. And we we you know we did the track right there. But like I've known him from years. Like I, it's a lot of people that you know overlooked him. And like the dude, like the dude is so humble that you know he just do he just do his business and just keep working it. And, and now he's Emmy nominated. Right. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't even know because I didn't even know that he produced tracks on a Lemonade album and that got nominated for a Grammy. Like, like dude is so humble. And, and Emmy. Yeah, and yeah. Emmy. Like they, yeah, he's. Like, dude's phenomenal. Like that. Josh had always talked about him, but I didn't. I I just didn't. I never met him personally. Mm -hmm. And then I saw. I was like, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, when I, we when we did the concert Green Dynasty weekend, he was our drummer. See, I never knew. He was our drummer, and he like he literally came to my grandfather's house, set up the drums, shed all week long, the whole week leading up to the show. He just stayed there and just worked. Like, and he's been, crazy. you know, he's working with the Quang. He, he got a crazy, the... he got a crazy work ethic. Like I remember when he did, what was that, making his band? Like he went to all four uh, audition cities. Oh, really? To the point, like to the point, they had to take notice of him and, and put him on the show. I read the article he um, had out about um, working with Beyonce. He's and I, since he said I've been thinking about it, I thought about it last night. I was laying down. I thought about it this morning. I often can't sleep because I feel like I'm wasting. I don't feel like I'm wasting time. I just feel like I'm not doing anything yeah. to help me get myself to where I want to be. Right. I'm like, well, I'm just laying here trying to sleep. I don't need to sleep. I need to be doing something to further us to get to where we want to be. Mm. And so last night, I just, um, I want to put on like my own show. I want to release. Um, a mixtape and so last night I just wrote down eight songs and then I started writing down my ideas for my visuals and how I want to like those things to be but I'm like I just got to do something every time I'm sitting still I just I'm like I can't yeah. I, just, I feel um, like stagnant yeah I like but you got to do your passion he said you have to be the hardest working person in the room working with her but again yeah. like you said hard work is going to outwork talent too yeah. so I'm like I got to work hard I got to work harder yeah, she ain't going to let you outwork her like she been to see like she been on tour since since she went solo. Right, right. Like took the break from Destiny. Child That's one of the on my favorite things since. about her. Besides her being an uh, amazing entertainer, I'm like I know Beyonce is working hard. Yeah. So when we, I'm thankful that she let us in on her life, unlike some other artists, and that was always one of my favorite things about her. I'm like she got her whole life. She can still be actual Beyonce Giselle knows and not mm -hmm. Beyonce because she has enough. Um, pull to not be able to do interviews or just not let us in her personal life because it's her yeah. personal life. So people, they, I'm like, I don't know Beyonce. I love her artistry. I don't know her as a person, but that's how I, I view her. I'm like, she's a person. Kanye West is a person. Yeah. You know, these artists are people, so I try to view them like that. I try to respect them like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, like you said, you're not going to outwork her. And it, it, it's so crazy because, like, there's a there's a scripture that says the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. So when I saw him there sitting right by Beyonce, you know, you know, giving directives to all everybody that's in the show, and like, like you, like you basically oh over, the special, you're like you're basically over Ooh, this whole thing, like he's right, like this man has done three Super Bowls, <laughs> three, three, like, and I'm like, wow, Claremont boy, you know. 
Right. He's live, he's, they used to live right behind us. I remember his father got mad at me and Mike one day because we was cutting through his yard to go <laughs> catch the bus. But, um, but yeah, like I was like I was I was just so hyped. I was like, that's my dude, man. He doing it, you know. But it's 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 motivation. Like a lot of people see that and like look at themselves and be like, okay, like what happened to me? Or I was just gonna say, you wrong? don't have to that's, make that it to where he made it to to make it to feel like you made right. it. You don't have to be on that stage. You mm-hmm. don't have to be a superstar to feel like you've made it. You're yeah, what cause, you because your quote unquote made it could be something else. Exactly. It could be another, you know, another venue, another arena. If you, you know, if you're doing what you were put here to do, then you made it. Period. So as we come to a close, what do you want to see yourself do in these coming years with your career? I just, I just want to just be wherever God want me at. Basically, like I'm just, I'm just following His lead now because there's, there's a lot of things that I try to do on my own, and you know, He's speaking to me like. You're only gonna get it through me, so you can. Right. I mean, you can just chill out, you know, with all the, you know, all the rest of the stuff. Like there was, there was a time, like even when I was in Tulsa, like I had started doing spoken word as well. But during that time, it was like you're not, like you working on self. You're not gonna be making no music right now. But at the same time, he's giving me a whole bunch of songs, and I'm like, where are all these songs coming right. from? Right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, like in in the future, I just want you know, I just like I just love to create. And so I just want to get, you know, as much like different. I really, I really want to have like hits in different genres of music and like all at the same time. And they're like one of my goals. But I also want to, you know, like empower other people to do the right. same. Definitely. And, you know, just just help different artists because people don't understand. Like everybody be be so hung up on getting a deal and getting all this. Like especially if you like an R and B singer or something like that. You look. Everybody, everybody that's behind you gonna get paid before you, okay? Because you got, especially, especially if you don't write. The matter of fact, the more you do on your own, to where a label just gotta cut a check, the better. Right. If you got your own video people, your own promo people, stuff like that, and, and it's quality and it's good, it ain't just you know a cell phone video like some world star type stuff. Like you can, you know, you can do a lot. I've been trying to assemble my team. I said, all oh, year I've been working on my Megazord. I mm-hmm. said, I got to figure out who, so people to help me get to where I want, need to be. I know I can't do it by myself. I'm like, I've just been trying to figure that out. But again, I am working and I'm yep. very driven to achieve everything I know I can and will. That's why I got my show right now. Yeah. N- next year, this time, and we'll be sitting on somebody's couch yeah. with a live That's audience. Like you got to work with what you got because there's a lot of things that me and Mike did like we financially backed ourselves. Like we didn't have nobody, you know, you know, pumping money in us or you know anything like or anything like that. You know, like even you know Green Dynasty weekend, we did that. Like my mom had to do a lot of legwork because I live in Atlanta, he lives in Los Angeles, and so we couldn't just fly to Youngstown like that on the regular because you know we still got jobs and bills and right. things like that to take care of. Yeah. So I mean, we it's it's just it's just you gotta put if you're willing to put the work in. It, it pays off. Well, I am very, very willing. And I want to thank you very much for being my surprise guest on the, the third degree with me. I'm happy that I got to talk to you and get to learn you a little bit better. Being one of my best friends, brothers. Mm-hmm. But um, I hope you can stay tuned in. I'm going to have a bunch more guests from Youngstown that I'm sure you're going to know. I know you're going to sure. be very excited to hear your mom's interview. Mm-hmm. And she was absolutely amazing, as she always is. <laughs> 
But ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Third Degree with me, James Major Burns, and... Paul Green, they call me PG. Buckeye Pauly, y'all know. Buck Green Buckeye Dynasty Pauly. <laughs> Green Dynasty up in the house. Thank you very much, people. You have a lovely day.